Blog Talk Radio. Uh, really quickly before we get into anything else. 
Um, James Wiseman obviously has left the program, uh, left the university, and, and going on to begin uh, the, the opportunity to, to live his dream and become a 2020 draft pick, uh, NBA, NBA draft pick. Um, and, and when he made that decision, I had a lot of, lot of fans in, in my DMs. I've talked to a lot of fans. And there was a segment of the fan base that was, was upset with James. Uh, that were mad at Dane for for the decision that he made, and and when you look at it overall, and I, I say shame on those people, because uh, when you look at this overall from a wide spectrum, wide angle lens, et cetera, et cetera, James was a victim in this. Uh, James was the only innocent party in this. Uh, when you look at it, Echo uh, City Hardaway. Uh, was the one that provided the, the $11,500 benefit to James' mother, Dunzelay. Uh, she accepted the money. Now, I'm again, I made my thoughts clear on what, what your thoughts on that are, whether you think that was wrong. Uh, that's neither here nor there. In the NCAA's eyes, it was something that should have happened. shouldn't have happened. So if any gave $11,500 for them, they moved here to Memphis. Dunzelay accepted the money, uh, and, and that's history, and as the letter of the law, the way it reads in NCAA's book or whatever, book of rules, so to speak, it's, it's wrong uh, for that to happen because with, with Penny being a guy who's donated money to the school and they say he's a boost, et cetera, again, I'm not telling you I agree with it. I'm just laying out the facts here. Um, you look at the NCAA. Uh, they cleared James. They subsequently come back and say, well, we cleared James in error, but we're going to uphold our decision. Then they come back and say James is likely ineligible. Um, and we know from the, the lawsuit, James ends up playing in three more games, et cetera, et cetera. They drop the lawsuit. The NCAA comes back, drops the bag of hammers, 12 games, uh, and, and the rest is history. So when you look at this, James really didn't know anything about the money that Kenny provided for his mom. Uh, I think the NCAA, the way they handle this is the travesty to suspend him for 12 games. Because when you look at it, James hasn't done anything. The only thing James wanted to do is play basketball. Uh, James is the innocent one in this, and James was the only one being punished um, in, in this situation. Um, so I think when, when you look at it, uh, an organization that's corrupt, uh, that basically gave James the middle finger, uh, why would, when you look at and think about James Wiseman, and, and to go back now, it's been revealed that, James even thought about leaving the program back in August when all this stuff was first going down uh, before it became public knowledge. And he decided to, to stay here with his teammates, fight this. Um, James never really had to go to college. James was going to be fine regardless. So James did everything he could to, to try to stay here. So, I mean, like, again, because James would have been gone before the season started. So, again, I, I just think it's wrong for people, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to have vitriol towards James when – he, the NCAA basically gave him the middle finger. He said, look, uh, this is the opportunity. I'm going to make a decision for myself, my future, and in my family. Um, you, you gave me the middle finger, so why would I come back and, and help them benefit the NCAA anyway, help make money for the NCAA, play in an organization or play for an organization that I don't trust um, at all, that not even counting the, the injury factor uh, that factors into it. He goes out there and gets hurt, and that could – Heard his draft stock would be a serious injury where he ends up not getting drafted at all. 
I mean, he had a lot on the line here. Um, and it's just, you, you look at the situation, and, and, and again, uh, I think, and, and, I, and, I, and I, for James, I think, I think he, if it was left, solely left up to James, I think James would still be a member of the University of Memphis men's basketball team. But I think the NCAA's rule that doesn't allow suspended players to travel with the team, he had a lot of time back here in Memphis when, when the team was on these road trips. Uh, he was away from the coaching staff. He was away from his guys. I mean, you saw how excited he was. I mean, you go back to that Tennessee win. Uh, when they got in the locker room, the first thing they did was call James. Um, and you know how much – you can tell how much he loves uh, his teammates in the city and the people that are trying to say that that's not the case is just ludicrous. Uh, James made a decision for himself and his family. I mean, James right now can buy his mom a house. Um, he can go buy a car. He can begin to to, to get, go on with his life and, and set his financial future up, something that he could have done if he was at the University of Memphis. And I mean, he's been through a lot. I mean, NCAA um, and, and this whole thing drug his, his family's name through the mud, um, shot some of the negative light on him when he's actually not even done anything. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, I would love if someone comes to the team and, and, and a Miffian uh, and, and someone who won't obviously success for the basketball team, I would have loved to have the opportunity to, to cover James this year. And, and I think we've all, I would have loved to have the opportunity to see James lead this team on, into a deep tournament run, which and I think he would have been absolutely dominant. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody in college basketball that could even come close to matching him. But when you look at this from a broader scope, I understand – why he made the decision he did. Um, I mean, again, that's injury risk, and it's just, again, after the way the NCAA treated him, why would he want to continue to play for such an organization? I mean, it just, I, I mean, I get it. I mean, it, it's a tough situation. I know a lot of fans and a lot invested in this season monetarily and emotionally, and it's tough not to to have that, that him out there, him being possibly the best player in the country, but you have to understand, you have to put yourself in his shoes and understand it from his perspective. Um, I mean, and I, you, can't, you can't dictate what someone else does with their, with their life. I mean, he made the decision that he felt was best for himself and his family, and I don't think anyone should knock that. I mean, James was never obligated to go out and play college basketball for your enjoyment. I mean, he, he, he decided he wanted to play for the University of Memphis. Circumstances changed, and he decided to go a different direction. And at the end of the day, it just is what it is. It, it, it does suck. Um, it, it's sad that it had to turn out this way. I don't think James himself wanted it to turn out this way. But I think, certain, again, the circumstances changed, and this is where we are. The team has to move on, and I think the fan base has to move on. Um, um, but, again, those people that were saying all the negative stuff about James and stuff, man, get out of here with that, man. It just doesn't make any sense. This guy made a decision for himself and his family felt like it was the right decision. And I don't ever have a problem with anybody in, in, in a roundabout way sticking it to the NCAA because something has to be done uh, with the NCAA and the way they handle these kids. They, they, they talk about them being about the student athlete. And give me a break, man. The only thing the NCAA cares about is lining their own pockets. They can care less about these uh, student athletes uh, only thing they want to do is, is, and do is what makes them the most money, and they want to be in control of everything. They micromanage everything, and these kids have absolutely no freedom. Uh, coaches can leave as they please, but 
with no penalties. The kid transfers. He has to sit out. I mean, they can't. You can't even give a kid a a, a sandwich from McDonald's without it being a problem. I mean, it just it just doesn't make any sense. It's an outdated system. It needs to change. And again, I, I don't have any problems with James making this decision and kind of tipping NCAA the bird and saying, "Look, I, I'm not going to play another minute uh, for for this corrupt organization." So again, to those people that <clears throat> excuse me had negative thoughts about James and, and, and how this thing played out. I, I think you're think you're completely off base. I think you're out of bounds, um, and I think you're wrong. But again, uh, I want to close the book on this because it's been talking about ad nauseum. We talked so much about this situation uh, over the over the last month or so, and this basketball team, it, it's reality that they got to move on without him, and I think they I think they have done that um, and done it really well. I mean, they've only lost one game, and that was with James in the lineup. Uh, so they're now 12 and 1 overall, 1 0 in AAC. And you look at this team, uh, Preston Chua uh, was another guy going into the season where outside of James, you thought he was another guy that could be a, a lottery picker during the first half of the draft. Um, and he's been lately, especially of late, uh, a revelation for the team. It's finally beginning to look like the guy that we thought he could be going to the season. The question was him, he was always. You know the old saying where you look good getting out the book. He fit that bill. Uh, I mean, size, strength-wise, just the physical, the physique, NBA ready already. Uh, and tremendously talented. The question with Precious has always been, could he hone that in and put it all together into production? And he's done that. I mean, he's averaged 14.2 points a game, 9.8 rebounds, still a game, a block and a half. Uh, I mean, he's really been – the leader of this team has stepped up, especially in, in the second half of games, uh, to, to lead the team. And if this team is going to, without James, uh, going to be a team that, that makes it the second weekend and even beyond in the NCAA tournament, I think they're going to go as far as Preston Achua takes them. And lately, uh, he's really fit the bill. Another guy that has been tremendous for this team, and you can put it right there in the conversation with Preston, is Preston DJ Jeffries. Uh, 12.2 points a game, 4.8 rebounds a game, 1.6 assists a game, 1.3 blocks a game. That's something that you really like to see. I mean, the stats he suffered just does everything for the team. He can knock it down from the perimeter, uh, create his own shot, uh, take it to the basket. Um, he's athletic, and I just love watching this kid play. Uh, he, he's been tremendous, and, and again, I, I kind of said that the team goes as far as pressure takes him. DJ Jeffries, is, 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 if he's not as important, he's right there. I think these are, those are the two guys uh, from, from the three and four position that are going to lead this team. And if they're, if they're going to do something special in, in March, I think those are the two guys that, that you're going to rely on. Uh, Lester Keonis uh, returned uh, on, on Monday. and uh, Well, actually, not even returned on Monday. He returned against New Orleans. Um, I was actually out down in Dallas, as we most, most of the media here in Memphis were. Uh, but he did play on Monday against Tulane. Um, what a revelation he was. Uh, this team has struggled to, to shoot the ball from the perimeter. And he's a guy that can, can really, if, if he's out there knocking down shots at his size, um, he can really cause some problems for the team. And I think brings a different dynamic uh, to, to this team that they were missing without him. He's a guy that can just do, do a lot of things. He kind of talked about it after the game in his walk-off interview uh, with Gary Paris of CBS. Uh, talked about he's a guy that's willing to get in there and do the dirty work that a lot of guys this day and age aren't willing to do. I mean, he just does a lot of things for you. 
He's a guy that'll dive out, dive on the floor for you, uh, get loose balls, uh, get in there, get rebounds. I mean, stick his nose in there. He's not, he's a guy that that's going to give you 110 percent every game. I mean, before he went out for injury, he was the leading minute getter for this team. I mean, just Iron Man for this team. Uh, play a lot of minutes, just soak up a lot of minutes for you. He come out there and do a lot of things. He can go to the basket. A lot more athletic than you think. Um, and, again, just knocking down deep threes against Tulane. And we'd love to continue to see more of that um, going forward because they're going to need that uh, for this team. I mean, it's going to be all hands on deck uh, without James Wiseman. Because, but this team still has a lot of talent. And this thing's not, it's not over for this team by any means. This team still should run through the AAC. And this team still should be a team that can make a Sweet 16 Maybe even an Elite Eight type run, and who knows? I mean, once you get into tournament single elimination, who knows uh, what could happen? What, what seeds you get? Someone could could upset someone. You get an easier path. You saw that back uh, back when the Tigers made their runs back in the early 2000s. Um, I think they Sweet 16. Think they got a chance to play Bradley, um, and they got an upset. So you never know what happens in those type of situations. But this team has a lot of talent and enough talent to to continue to to win basketball games and still make a deep run in this tournament, even without James. Um, Alex Lomax has just been so steady for this team, and I'm so proud of him and the progression that he's made from year one. Since he said last year he was thinking too much, kind of lost his confidence. Uh, now I think he's kind of settled into his role, and he's that consummate floor general for this team. I mean, he's the type of guy that the guys like to play with. He's going to make the right pass. He's a pass-first guy. He'll take the shot when he needs to. I mean, he knocks down free throw, steps up. Knocked down free throws. That's why he's so good to have in the game late in the game because he's controlling the ball. Um, and if it's a close game, teams are fouling. You put him on the free throw line, he's going to knock him down. Uh, so Alo has is, is, is been a revelation for the team. Again, just steady. Uh, just looks like he's been there before. A lot of times when you, you have the other guards, they can ball or the Boogie Ellis, some of the other guards in there, they have a tendency to get kind of wild uh, at, at times with the basketball. Not Alo. Uh, you put the ball in Alo's hand. And usually good things are going to happen. So I'm so proud of Alo, man, and, and what he's been able to do. Um, and, and you love uh, the, uh, you you go back in this story. Um, I've, I've had his father here on, on TSR Live before. He talked about his story and what he's had to overcome. And it's just good to see, man, for a Memphis kid uh, like Alo said to have this kind of success. And I think you're going to look back on four years, and he's going to be one of the, the most beloved Tigers uh, looking back on his career. He may not be an NBA guy or anything like that, uh, but but he's going to be extremely solid. And I think he, he can work himself into a guy right now. He's not a real scorer, but I think by the time he's a senior, I think he's going to be a guy who uh, can really put points on the board and you can rely on the offensive end as well. But he does some great things out there. And, again, knocks down shots and, and makes big plays when he has to. So been really been enjoying watching Alo and his maturation process this season. Tyler Harris is, is another guy who's knocking down threes right now. Um, struggle from three last year was really inconsistent, but uh, this year right now is 29-72 for 40.3% from three. Uh, really been a big boost for this team off the bench. Hit some, some big shots late in that second half um, against Tulane that helped ice that win. Uh, so when, when Tyler, Tyler Harris is knocking down shots, man, it's fun to watch. I mean, that kid range starts at half court. Um, I, I mean, a lot of times you he pulls up a shot, you're like, no, no, yeah, uh, when, when he makes them because – I mean, the gig has unlimited range. Um, and when he gets going, um, he, he's hard to stop. Uh, so Tyler has been really good for this team as well. Uh, so I think this team right now, um, we're almost at the midpoint of the season, um, is, is doing really well. 
Uh, I, I think I like where they are. Um, I think Penny is doing a hell of a job coaching this team. I know there's a lot of questions, not not here locally, but a lot of questions nationally about uh, well, he's getting the talent, but can he coach him? And to my, from my bills, I never thought there was any question, even when he got the job. Um, and I think he showed last year, I think he overachieved uh, with, with that roster that he had last year. And he, he, the job that he's done without James Wiseman and even left the key owners for several games, to only to be sitting here 12 and 1 with only one loss and to easily be 13 and 0 if things that went a little differently there and made some shots there in the Oregon game. I mean, you've got to give him credit for, for what he's doing. I know there's always going to be naysayers. Uh, it, it's Memphis. It's Penny Hardaway, man. We're used to it. Uh, just like we say, Memphis versus everybody. Uh, it's always going to be that. But I, I think he has really done a tremendous job, and I think these naysayers need to, need to have a seat, uh, have several seats, um, <laughs> I should say, uh, for the job that he's been able to do. <coughs> Excuse me, man. I've been under the weather. The job he's been able to do uh, without James Wiseman and without Lester Keowens in the lineup, I think it's something sort of amazing. And I think we haven't even seen the, the best of what this team has. I think they only scratch the surface. Now, question marks, if, if you look at that question mark, a couple things. Uh, this team looks extremely deep going into the season. But you lose a, a guy like James Wiseman who's going to soak up a lot of minutes. Uh, one question that I do have is who's going to be the big off the bench when President Chuba gets in foul trouble, when Isaiah Maurice is off the floor. Um, and, and, I mean, he struggles in his own right, but but he is the star. Um, when DJ Jeffries goes out the floor, he gets in the foul trouble. Who's going to be that guy off the bench that, that steps up among the bigs? And the, the options you have are Lance Thomas and Malcolm Dandridge. Sure sure would have liked to have gotten um, Isaiah Stokes eligible because he would have been another big that could come in there and get some get some fouls and, and soak up some minutes. But uh, Lance Thomas uh, was a guy who I had high hopes going for into, going into the season for. Um, the guy who can can step out and, and shoot a little bit, stretch the defense as well as play inside. I mean, long, uh, probably the longest guy I've ever seen. Uh, but he's been banged up. But uh, Matt Benjamin has come in and played some some solid minutes at times. But he's coming off a major injury. He's a freshman. He's still trying to find his way uh, within his offense and within his system. I think Lance Summers, if you're the coaching staff, I think he's the guy that you kind of hope can step in and fill that void. I mean, he's a guy who's, who's been around. He played some of his freshman year at Louisville. Uh, even though he wasn't able to play last year, he practiced with the team. He's been around the program. So this is essentially his third year of, of college basketball. Uh, so I think he's the guy of those two that you think that you can, can rely on and hope he can be a guy that can come in and, and play some minutes for you and play some solid minutes when, when guys like Precious uh, or DJ and, and Isaiah Maurice are off the floor. Uh, so that's something that's going to be – uh, something to watch going forward um, as this season goes on. Now, Malco, uh, Malco I think, is going to continue to develop, and he's going to be a guy. I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily a liability. He's a guy who can make some plays for you, but, again, he's still searching, trying to find his way um, in, in, in this offense and within the system. Uh, but I, I think Lance Summers Lance is supposed to be back tomorrow, so I think you'll see him out there, and, and hopefully he continues to, to, to progress his game and, and can be a factor for because they're going to need that off the bench as the season goes on, because especially when you get into the NCAA tournament, these games slow down, guys get into foul trouble. We know how uh, Prince has a pitch in the foul. Uh, when he's off the floor, you're going to need somebody to step in and suck up some of those minutes, and hopefully Lance is that guy. Uh, another question I have, 
I think at this point uh, we have enough of a sample size to see that, that, that Boogie Ellis is a guy who came in with really high expectations, top 30, top 40 recruits, depending on where you look, was obviously originally committed to Duke, uh, was a guy who some thought could possibly be a one-and-done uh, type candidate as um, a shooter. Um, and he had his moments, but he's been inconsistent. Um, and I think this team, Lester's a guy that's going to knock down shots. You, you're going to need Boogie uh, to be a guy that put points on the board. And, he, and he's done that at times, but he, he just hasn't been consistent with it. And, and I think we have enough of sample size to wonder, is he ever going to be that consistent guy this year? Um, that's not to say that he won't or that he can't come back. He won't be back two, three years from now and end up being that NBA-type guy. But he just hasn't shown that on a consistent basis so far here this season. So that's definitely going to be something to watch as well um, as we go on. They're going to need him. Um, they're going to need another score uh, because Precious is not is a guy who he's going to get his points. DJ's going to get his points. But you're going to need a guy from the guard position um, outside of Lester Keone that can, can put points on the board. And Boogie has the talent. I mean, you see it with him. It's just can he get the consistency going. And, and that's just something that we haven't seen so far this season. So those are kind of the two of the kind of the things I'm concerned about. But overall, I, I like where this team is. Uh, I think the coaching staff has done a tremendous job. Uh, I, I love the progression of Precious. Uh, I was kind of worried about him a little bit there in the season, but he's definitely coming around. DJ has just been solid. Uh, sometimes you even want him to shoot even a little bit more. Uh, I think still, Penny says he tells DJ all the time, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. Um, and, he, and he's gotten better. He is shooting the ball more. But I think at times I would like to see him even shoot it even more. Um, but but this team right now I think is in a good place. Again, twelve uh, one overall, one and zero in the AAC play. They're going to venture back out of AAC play for the big game tomorrow noon east. I mean noon central over at FedEx Forum as they take on the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on TSR Live. We're going to come back and talk with a man that knows all about the Georgia Bulldogs. We're going to assess the enemy. Uh, our man Anthony Dasher from Rival. UGASports.com. He's going to join me on TSR Hotline. Stay with me. You're rolling with your boy Isaac Simpson here on TSR Live. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. We'll be right back here on TSR Live. Hey, 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 don't you be a meanie, thought you wanted me to go, why you tryna keep me teeny? I hit the dreamy, wished it on the genie, I got fans finally, and you wanted them to see me I, I thought you wanted for my life, for my life Said you wanted to see me thrive, you lied, just said to me Don't you be a meanie, thought you wanted me to go Why you tryna keep me teeny now? Now they need me, number one on screen You know they used to love me, so what happened was the meaning I, I thought you wanted for my life, for my life Said you wanted to see me thrive, you lied Now when it's all done, I get the upper hand And I need a big bitch, not another fan, but I 
I'ma need a sit down Don't mean to make demands But I need you to Conversation about this Bulldog team can, can go on and 
without mentioning uh, the aforementioned Anthony Edwards. Uh, we're now 12 games in. Has he been everything he's been advertised to be? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, he comes to this game as, uh, as far as true freshman goes, a second-leading scorer. I mean, he's averaged 18.8 points. That's just behind, I believe, it's Isaiah Stewart of Washington, who's at 19.2. I think most people, you know, if you watch George, you probably saw that Michigan State game out in Hawaii where he had like 33 points yeah. in, the, in, the, in the second half there against the Spartans. They're really, really kind of where, he, where he's kind of put himself on the map if he wasn't already. So he's a guy who uh, – you know, he can if he gets hot, he's uh, is probably as dangerous as anybody's out there. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm just saying. I've really seen him do some pretty amazing things so far. But at the same time, he's not one of these kids, one of one of these young men who, who it's always think about just just score, score, score. He wants to get his teammates involved, and and sometimes maybe maybe perhaps at his own detriment because Coach Green wants him to be aggressive. But but Anthony's a guy who wants to get everybody, makes everybody happy, get make sure everybody else is scoring, doing their thing, but. It's obvious if Georgia, you know, Georgia's not going to do anything unless Anthony Edwards out to score 20, 25 points a game. Yeah, and speaking of that, I think he's averaging over, over three assists a game for a guy that yeah. has his offensive talent. That, that is uh, something that, that, that that's kind of strange, and you wouldn't expect that. Uh, but like you said, he can he can heat up quickly. Once he gets going, he's hard to stop. I mean, at, at that size, he's not, not the tallest kid at 6'5 at the position, but he weighs 225, uh, really uses uh-huh. his strength to play bigger than he is. Um, and, again, I think he's going to be a, a, a load for Memphis Allen to, tomorrow over at FedEx Forum. Uh, I think if, if anything you can say negative, I mean, he was such a such a tremendous three-point shooter there in high school. He's only shooting 31.3% uh-huh. from, from three. Uh, he's been kind of streaky. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of talk about yeah. his, his shooting powers there. Well, um, he, you know, he has been very streaky as far as, you know, beyond the arts goes. I mean, again, we've seen some games, like, again, like the Michigan State game. He's hit pretty much everything in sight. But yeah. then there was a game a couple, you know, a couple of weeks ago. He was like maybe like two for eight. I mean, so he, he kind of, you know, gets hot and cold. But, uh, again, when he is on, he's as a, a good a shooter from that range, again, as I've seen at Georgia, in a, you know, in a long time. But he just does, again, he does everything. So he's very good at driving to the, driving to the hoop. Uh, he really is the, the bell cow of the offense in every way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean he's definitely a tremendous player. A lot of he has a lot of fans here in Memphis uh, with, with the Memphis Grizzlies possibly uh, having a lottery pick here coming up uh, mm-hmm. in, in the summer. So he has a lot of a lot of Anthony Edwards fans here in Memphis because we can use a shooting guard of this to his talent with with our NBA club here. But uh, we've mm-hmm. we've seen teams built similar to this Georgia team that that really relied on on a superstar, namely LSU with Ben Simmons years ago in Washington with Markel Fultz. Uh, yep. With, Going eleven and twenty one last season, you add a guy like Edwards. Kind of, what were the expectations going into this season um, in Athens? Were, were they thinking this could be a tournament team? You thinking NIT? What, what kind of the thoughts on the team going into this season? You know, well, it, it's really hard to say. I mean, uh, if you were asking for the season, I, you know, I think Georgia would be a team to maybe finish above five hundred, maybe a little bit more. NCAA team, you know, I, I'm just not quite sure because I wasn't sure of the supporting cast that Anthony would have. Uh, because this is a team that's got nine true freshmen. I mean, that's one of the, the youngest teams yeah. uh, in all of all of college basketball right now. Now, granted, they've got some, got some. You know, Anthony's not the only player. I mean, Rayshon Hammonds is a six nine, two thirty five yeah. junior, who uh, he's uh, almost averaging double figures. He's fourteen point points a game, eight point eight, eight point eight boards. Uh, he's had a couple of games this year where he scored twenty eight, twenty. You know, they're twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight points, and grabbed twelve, thirteen, fourteen rebounds. Uh, he probably shoot at this point probably even shoots the three point even better than Anthony right now. He's a very dangerous player, and they've got a another young kid, Severe Wheeler, who's been coming off the bench at point guard. He's listed at five ten. I think that's probably being very generous, but he's a guy who really <laughs> he's a little jitter. He's a jitterbug. I mean, he really uh, is a 
when the tempo goes up with Severe's in the game, and he's a he's a he's a fearless little 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 guard. Uh, he's uh he's not afraid afraid to drive to the hoop, uh, dish the ball off, and then uh, you know they've got some other good good shooter. Tyree Crump's a very capable three point shooter. Played a lot of basketball for George over the years. Jordan Harris, so it's it's, it's a good mix of youngsters and freshmen. But just overall, when you look at the team, you see those nine true freshmen and ten newcomers. That's something not a lot of teams are dealing with right now. Yeah, well, one of those teams that, that, that does matter is Memphis. Uh, it's definitely going to be two young ball clubs. Memphis relies yeah. heavily on, on freshmen. Only have about a couple guys up the class when they play uh, guard out the bench. Tyler Harris, Alex Lomax, and sophomore. Um, I think my recent start at the five is, is a senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, but outside of that, it's pretty much all freshmen. Uh, Lance yeah. Thomas is another guy coming back with injuries that you'll see uh, that, that's a redshirt sophomore. Uh, but, again, sitting here, like Rhino, a lot of freshmen – um, and that's going to be interesting as this season goes on. Um, you look at the rebounding numbers for Georgia. Uh, the average is 41.9, and you kind of look at the averages. Uh, Hammonds is the only guy that, that has a significant average at 8.9 uh-huh. a game. Is, is it more of a team effort uh, on the board for Georgia? Well, that's how Coach Creek wants it to be. I mean, rebounding has been, has been a big issue. But that's a uh, uh, I think a top concern for tomorrow to do. That would probably be it because Memphis, as you know, is a – they're very well rebounded team. They know how to get it done around the rim, and that's something Georgia yeah. has scuffled with from time to time. I mean, Rayshon, Rayshon Hamilton, especially, he's a guy who has to be consistent. I mean, he's had some games this year. Again, he's close to averaging double and double figures, but he's also had a few contests where he's only get he got gotten like two or three boards a game, uh, and that that won't get it done. You know, tomorrow. So he's a guy they're really going to be depending on. You know, freshman Tamani Kamara is another guy. He's been he started now three three straight games. He's done a really, really good job at the post and. Uh, He's another one that's going to need to get the board. But Coach Kareem, though, I mean, he, he wants all his all his players to be able to rebound, to be able to start transition, and uh, uh, that, it's not it's not a team that can depend on just one guy to get that done. Everybody has to be involved. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Memphis, Memphis is a team who they they have, if you say one struggle uh, for for them is that they they do give up a lot of offensive rebounds. Uh, that's something mm-hmm. that Penny has really talked about, and he say he's drilling these guys, and they go out there and. Somehow they still give up all these offensive rebounds. Even against some of the, the lower tier teams, they struggle mm-hmm. uh, giving up offensive rebounds. So that's definitely going to be something they need to show up against this Georgia team tomorrow. But defensive mm-hmm. rebounding, they they're, they're really they, they do really well. Uh, I think they're one of the better teams in the country in that category. Uh, but mm-hmm. the team basically, and going to the season, Penny talked about this being a, a defensive team and they want to be defensive first, and we all kind of rolled our eyes. But that's yeah. actually what this team has been. Um, you look at the offensive talent they have, they kind of struggle shooting the ball from the perimeter, but uh, they, when they're at their best is when they turn defense and offense and getting out in transition, filling balls and, and getting to the rim. That's when they're at their best. Uh, so that's, uh-huh. I think this is going to be a fun game tomorrow. Both teams score north of 80 points a game. I think it's going to be a, a up uh-huh. game. I think we're going to see a lot of points scored. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, again, we're talking with Anthony Dasher from RivalsUGASports.com. Uh, if you had to say – one thing, and pick out one thing that's the strength uh, of this Bulldog team. What, what would you say that is? Right now, I think it's the way they're they're attacking the ball on offense. Again, Georgia, you know, historically, there's not been a team that puts up a lot of points, but Coach Green has come in and changed the system. And like you said, this is a team right now that's averaged 82.2 points per game, which is uh, just a couple of percentage points off from the, the lead of the SEC right now. Again, they're playing a very exciting brand of basketball. Kids are, are confident, they're moving, they're cutting. Uh, now, Coach Creed will tell you it's not like he wants it yet, but it's definitely could definitely tell a difference now as opposed to this time last year when the team was just getting started learning the system. But uh, it's a team that's gaining confidence again. It's, uh, it's, it's, we talked about it's a very young young team, young 
young squad, but uh, they're really starting to, to really kind of get the flow of coach, what Coach Cream wants. And, and the way they're atta- the attacking the, the basket right now is probably, I would say, definitely the strength of the squad. Um, on the other side of that, Cohen, what would you say that they, they struggle with the most? Well, I think it's the, the defensive rebounding right now is the, is the is the big issue with them. They're they're uh, next from uh, third from the bottom in the uh, in the SEC and right and right now in that category they get like thirty six point two defensive boards per game. Whereas on the offensive side they're averaging forty two point three, which actually leads the league right now. So defensive boards has been a, been a been a struggle. Uh, you know, teams with big big lineups that have hurt them this year, and uh, until they get some things figured out, they're prob- that's probably something that's going to continue. Uh, what is it, what's kind of the thoughts going into this game? Uh, from, from the Memphis side, this is a big game, big non-conference game, and opportunity for them to step into conference play uh, on Monday night to take it on two lanes. Uh, but for mm-hmm. the game here, opportunity to step out of conference, take on a top 100 opponent. Uh, what, what is the thoughts on, on the Georgia side for as a team and, and coming in here to Memphis? Oh, it's a huge, huge way to kick off the SEC uh, uh, portion of the schedule. This, this is how Georgia's schedule sets up the start of the year. Let me see if you like this or not. Start off at Memphis tomorrow. Tuesday night they've got Kentucky. Kentucky they Saturday yeah. go to Auburn. They, they Saturday go to Auburn, and then they play Tennessee. That's their first four games of the new year. That's uh, that's about as uh, <laughs> tough a little schedule there I think as any team in the country's got right now. And again, it's going to be very interesting, interesting to see how Georgia emerges from this. Uh, it's either going to be a thing where they're really going to have to, you know, make up some ground and, and really kind of build up some some some, some issues. Are they going to be able to get uh, get off to a a decent start, maybe build some confidence, but these early early games are really going to better tell a lot about what this Georgia team is all about. Well, I mean, it, it's going to be a tremendous game. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, Tom Green, I have a lot of respect for him and, and his coaching acumen. I mean, really, really fantastic coach, and I, I like what's going on down there in, in Georgia. Again, getting mm-hmm. Eddie Edwards, I think it's going to be big for him to kind of catapult uh, his, his uh, time at the helm down there. And I, I think and it's good to see. Um, and it's good to, uh, you want to see stars. Um, and, uh, of course, mm-hmm. we had James Wiseman here in Memphis and that whole situation. Sure. Everyone in the country knows how, how that played out. But uh, to have Eddie oh, yeah. Edwards in here tomorrow, I'm, I'm excited to, to be there and recover to see him. And it's going to be a game again. I think both of these teams average over 80. I think this is the first game all year, possibly, that Memphis has faced a team that averages more points than them. I think Georgia's averaging about two more points per game than them. But they're both north of mm-hmm. 80. Um uh, so it should be fun. Um, it's going to be a good one. Should be. Uh, noon o'clock on CBS, big CBS, not CBS Sports Network. This is on CBS, uh, <laughs> the, right. the, the regular network. So, yeah, man, it's, I think it's going to be a tremendous crowd out of Vegas for one minute. It should be fun. Um, and I want to thank you for taking a little, little time to join us and, and enjoy the game tomorrow. Hey, my pleasure. And thanks, Anthony. Yep, see you. Anthony Dasher from UGASports.com joining me here. On the TSR Live phone lines, man, and I do. I think it's going to be a, a, a fantastic game. Um, again, two teams that average north of 80. And I mean, let's kind of go by the numbers here and look at the comparison between the two teams. Memphis comes into tomorrow, averages 80.6 points per game. Georgia at 82.2. Uh, and, and I do think I think this is the first time that Memphis has faced an opponent that averages averaging more points per game than they are. Um, now, Memphis has the advantage here, uh, about a significant advantage. Uh, Memphis has only given up 62.1. Georgia's given up 73.9. So, Georgia does have a tendency to give up uh, of some points. And I, I think, so again, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I wouldn't be surprised if this game, <clears throat> you get a, a long NBA type score, like in the 80s, mid 80s, and I think that should be fun. Field goal percentage wise, this team's almost dead even. Memphis, 
47.7%, Georgia 47.5%. Three-point percentage, uh, Memphis 35.1%, Georgia only 30%. So Georgia is not a good three-point shooting team. Now, Anthony Edwards can get hot, um, but uh, he, he's been streaky. Uh, like I said earlier with Anthony, he's only averaging 31% from three. He's a tremendous three-point shooter in high school, so that number's a little lower than, than I would have expected. Um, but he's been streaky this year, but when he gets going, he can get going. But as a team, they only shoot 30% from three. So and, and Memphis at 35, and we kind of talk about Memphis being a team that struggles from the perimeter. Uh, Georgia's significantly worse. Uh, so, so I think Memphis should have the advantage there. Uh, free throw percentage, Memphis at 68.4 as a team. Uh, Georgia really close, 66.4. I mean, these teams are identical almost with a lot of these numbers. Uh, Memphis 42.2 rebounds per game overall. Georgia 41.9. So Memphis with a slight advantage there. Uh, but, but kind of look at the breakdown of offenses and defense. Memphis average is 12.1 offensive rebounds and 30 defensive rebounds. Georgia with 13 and a half offensive rebounds. So they average about one more game and 28.8 defensive rebounds. So I mean, really close there as well. Uh, Memphis 15.6 per game. Georgia 15.8. Uh, blocks per game, Memphis has advantage 6.9, 4.1 steals per game, Memphis 9.2 to Georgia 8.3. So Memphis is the better defensive team. Uh, Georgia, uh, kind of, I mean, points-wise, is the better offensive team, but Memphis field goal percentage is uh, 0.2 higher. Uh, Memphis is a better free throw shooting team. Uh, Memphis is a better three-point shooting team. So these teams are, are really even, though, on paper. Uh, so, again, I think this is going to be a tremendous game. Now, Memphis is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I just posted that line right here before I came on the air. Um, so, this is a game that, that Memphis should win. Um, but, but I'm going to be excited about it. Of course, I'm going to be down at FedEx Ford covering the game. Uh, you look at the top two scores for both teams. Preston the two with 14.2 points per game, 9.8 rebounds, a block and a half. Uh, DJ Jeffries, 12.2 points per game. 4.8 rebounds per game, 1.6 assists per game, and 1.3 blocks blocks per game. You love to see that uh, from DJ. I mean, he get it done on both ends of the floor. He's just so fun to watch uh, when he when he gets going. Uh, when he when he gets aggressive, again, he has been more aggressive. Penny has in the past that he says, <coughs> excuse me, DJ, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. He has gotten better, but again, I would like to see him shoot even more uh, because I think he's right there with President Chu as being the the most talented player on the team. Um, and I think he's going to be a tremendous player for this team, come back next year. Um, I mean, he, he really has opportunity. I think DJ is an NBA player. I know there's been some question about that, that, that they've kind of been bending about, but I, I think he just does so much on both ends of the floor as far as what he can do. I mean, averaging 1.3 blocks a game, that's, that's big time for him. I um, mean, he, he's knocking down the three at a pretty consistent basis. So um, I'm excited about DJ's prospects. Um, and I think he has an opportunity – uh, <clears throat> excuse me, to have a, a big game tomorrow. Um, and you kind of look at the matchup, and the, and the, matchup, the matchup I'm excited about is, is DJ Jeffries against Anthony Edwards. I, I think that's what we'll see. And, again, DJ has a, a height advantage. Anthony Edwards is 225, though, um, and he really knows how to use that size. Plays a lot bigger than, than you would think. Uh, and that, that's going to be a fun matchup. I think they're going to go at each other all day. Uh, but I, I think he might struggle with kind of the length of DJ. Uh, I just hope DJ can stay out of foul trouble uh, because he has to leave the floor. That could be a, a problem for Memphis. I mean, you could throw Damian Ball on him. He, he, you know, Damian Ball gives him a little height. 
that he's why he's such a dog. I mean, that size, he can he can deal with that. But I think the matchup that we're going to see for the most part uh, on a normal basis is DJ Jeffers against Anthony Evans, and that's my matchup of the game. I'm really looking forward to that battle uh, tomorrow. Um, Anthony Edwards, uh, their leading score, 18.8 points a game, 4.9 rebounds. Again, he plays a lot bigger than, than that 6'5 size, averages five rebounds a game. Um, and, and we kind of talked about this with Anthony Dasher, uh, 3.1 assists per game. Uh, he said Tom Green wants him to be similar to what we said about DJ. Tom Green wants him to be a little bit more selfish at times. Uh, you wouldn't expect an offensive guy like him, uh, technically playing a small four position, to be averaging 3.1 assists per game. Also averaging 1.7 steals per game. Uh, so good on both ends of the floor for Anthony Edwards. Again, he's freaky from, from downtown, but this kid, and I'm sure you guys know, uh, once he gets going, he can, he can score. And wouldn't he look good in a Memphis Grizzlies jersey? Um, man, uh, they, they've been missing. That, that shooting guard position has been extremely elusive for the Grizzlies during their tenure in Memphis, and it would be really nice to put him next to Ja and have that back on that. It would be kind of small, but I think – Again, at 225, I think he plays a lot bigger. You kind of think Donovan Mitchell. Uh, that's kind of what I think about when I think of Anthony Edwards. That's my comparison for him. That's the type of guy that I think he'll be. And he'll be a little bit on the side for the two position, but it doesn't bother him much because he's such a good scorer, um, and, and he uses that weight uh, at 225 to, to kind of play bigger than he is. The second leading scorer, 6'9", 235-pound junior, Rayshon Hammond, 14 points per game. 8.8 rebounds per game, 1, 1.5 assists per game, 1.1 1 steal per game. Um, he's another kid. He can also stretch it out and, and knock, it, knock it down from downtown. Um, he's more than likely going to match up with Isaiah Maurice um, in that starting unit. Uh, so two guys who, who have the ability to stretch it out. But, but Rayshon Hammonds is a tremendous player, and, and I think you, you can't let Anthony Edwards and Rayshon Hammonds go off if you're going to win this game. You're going to have to limit one of those guys uh, and Memphis is going to have an opportunity to win this game. And they got some tremendous guards uh, coming out. I mean, he, he talked about, about some of the guys. Uh, Severe Wheeler is a guy, 5'10", 180 freshman guard out of Houston uh, that comes in off the bench uh, that can do some things for you. Jordan Harris is another guard, senior guard, 6'4", 190. Uh, Tamani Kamara is, a, is another guy who will possibly be in the starting lineup tomorrow out of Belgium, uh, forward 6'8", 220. He's going to match up with Preston the two, and I think – that's a matchup that Precious could exploit. Um, the money, I think that, that he's probably the weakest length of their starting lineup, and that's possibly Memphis' strongest uh, position in the starting lineup. So I think Precious should be able to exploit the money, and I think that's a, a big-time matchup that, that Memphis can win. So I expect a big game from, from Precious at Chua tomorrow. Uh, but, man, it's going to be going to be exciting, man. I, I can't wait for it. I'm going to be down at Phoenix Forum, as always. Covering the game, make sure you keep it locked to TigerSportsSupport.com. We'll be over the message board. Get on the boards, man. We'll, we'll be live tweeting throughout the game as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Follow my man Brian Moss, founder and editor of our great website. Follow him on Twitter at R-I-V-A-L-S, the letter B-M-O-S-S, Rivals B Moss. And last but not least, my man Mitch Davis. You can follow him on Twitter at Mitch Davis underscore eight. He'll be out of the game as well. M-I-T-C-H-D-A-V-I-S underscore eight. My man, Mitch Davis, on Twitter. Follow all three of us. We got great content. Go over to TigerSportsReport.com, and we'll have some preview stuff coming up uh, here later on this evening for the game tomorrow. Uh, before I get out of here, one thing I do want to say is 
kind of off topic. This is the basketball podcast. Uh, but I, I want to say shout out to the people at the Cotton Bowl in the city of Dallas for uh, opening up the, the city. Uh, I mean, just tremendous. I mean, I can't say enough for the way we were treated as media down there in Dallas. Just white club, glove treatment, first class, all the way around, man. It was awesome, uh, awesome experience, and, and, and I couldn't say more for the way that they welcomed uh, the Memphis fans, the Memphis media into the city of Dallas, man. It was fantastic. Um, we got a call on the line here. TSR Live, man. Who am I speaking with? Oh, you talking to Rowdy Rod. You know I got to call my eyes. Um, How you doing today? Yeah, man. What's going on, my man? He's like, oh, brother, here he comes. I only got one request for you, brother. When you're down there on the court, I want you to sneak over to Tyler Harris and Alo, right? And I want you to just to whisper in their ear, when you shoot the ball, follow your shot. We'll get more offensive rebound. Call it out, left, right, off the back. Let your guys know. Fundamental, and we'll correct that offensive rebound, and, and we're going to blow these guys out. But anyway, no, I really appreciate the show. Really good information. Didn't know about uh, Georgia that much, and uh, knew that they had the Anthony Edwards guy. <clears throat> Sounds like he's a he can be a beast, and you're going to have to contain him. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, one player I'm really looking forward to have a breakout game, and I tweeted this out to you, I believe, was Malco. I, he's something's telling me. That young man's gonna have it, and when it happens, it's gonna it's gonna shock everybody. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on with him. Do you have any ideas of what's going on with him? What's been happening with him other than the little injury he had when he kept it? Yeah, I mean, I think he's just still still finding his way. I mean, coming back, he's he's had two knee surgeries, uh, so he's still just kind of kind of finding his way. But I do think, just like you said, I think he has all the potential there. And this is a game where Memphis is gonna have the advantage on the inside, um, especially. Off the bench, I mean, they have Rayshon Hammonds, and that's pretty much it. He's their biggest guy, like 6'9", 230. So, I, I think Memphis with Isaiah Maurice, Precious, uh, even DJ, if you want to classify him as a big, you got Lance Thomas, who's going to be back tomorrow, mm-hmm. as well as Malcolm. Mm-hmm. I, I think Memphis should be able to, to, to make some hay on the inside on these guys. Uh, but but uh, to your point uh, before, I agree with you whole lot. I think if there's one weakness of this Memphis team, it's definitely offensive rebounding that. Oh, your shot! That definitely goes a long ways in in the picking Man, that was the first thing I was taught when I was when I when I was about five years old, four or five years old. Is you shoot the ball, you got to follow it, you know. And that's one thing that just drives me insane. It drives me insane watching the Grizzlies, and it drives me insane watching the Tigers. It's just a big pet peeve of mine. But uh, you know, overall, I'm excited that we're playing somebody different. How about you, man? You know, playing yeah. Georgia and Oregon. I think they. People were talking about our strength of schedule this year is not the greatest. You know, I think Wichita is the only other ranked uh, AAC yeah. member right now. Right now. Um, but I think that will change. You know, I think some of that will start swinging. You know, the pendulum will start swinging a little bit, you know, a little bit more for us. But, uh, you know, you said eight, 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 eight and a half point favorite. And I'm going to call my shot, man. We're going to win it by, we're going to win it by about 17 points. So, I, I think that we're going to be energized. You know, I think we're going to be close to a sellout at this at, at the FedEx Forum. I'm excited about it. I, you know, I, I can't wait. But do me a favor. Just lean over in their ear and just say, when you shoot the three, <laughs> follow your shot. You know what I'm saying? Because they're the one that knows where the ball's going, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, brother. But, yeah, I want to appreciate everything you did. I got a lot of good information from you today, and I really appreciate it on, this, on, uh, on Georgia. So, I'm looking forward to a great matchup. So it looks like we're pretty even across the board. So, um, 
And I really appreciate hearing um, uh, the gentleman from uh, UGA Sports uh, also. Um, that was really – it was really good information. So, you know, and it kind of gives a style of play and we – so it looks like we're going to match up really well. It's going to be an exciting game. So, well, you have a good yeah. one, brother. Thanks for the show. All right, thanks for the info, and I'll talk to you later, okay? Man, appreciate it. Thanks, Ron. I always enjoy your call. Yes, sir. Uh-huh, bye-bye. Ronnie Rod, you calling in on TSR Live. Great listener program, man. Always enjoy it. Talking to Rod, we talk off the air as well, man. That's, that's my guy right there. Big-time big Tiger fan, man. Knows the stuff. Uh, so, and I always enjoy talking with him. But, yeah, man, I, I think it, it, it's going to be an exciting game. And, again, um, a national stage uh, for this Memphis team. Uh, so, Tiger Nation, come out, man. Be loud. Man, show out. Bring signs. Wear blue. Because uh, we're going to be on CBS tomorrow. And I'm not talking about CBS Sports Network. We're talking about CBS. Here at Memphis Channel 3. Uh, real CBS. Big time. Big time college basketball game tomorrow. And, and like Ron said, man, it, it's fun to play somebody different. Uh, I mean, I know – you got to go in conference play and play the same, the two lanes, the Houston, Cincinnati, everybody, UConn, everybody in conference. But I, I love these type of games, especially a team that you don't usually play. Um, and it's, it's a home-and-home home series. So Memphis will be over there at Athens next year. Uh, but this is a fun one. It's an opportunity to see Anthony Edwards, uh, who could be in a conversation for number one pick of the 2020 draft. So that's fun. Uh, it would have been a lot more fun if we had our guy, James Wiseman, uh, on the floor in this one. But Again, it's going to be a tremendous game. I think Memphis wins, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring, up-and-down, exciting game. So get out the FedEx form um, and support these guys. I mean, 12-1, uh, 1-0 in AAC play. <coughs> Excuse me. It, it should be fun. Um, and I was going to mention this real quick before I get out of here. Um, just kind of, I know it's just still early in the season. We're kind of talking about seeding a little bit. Um, I, I put a tweet out the other day, and I was saying I thought, a two seed was probably ceiling for this team, and and, and a five six would be the, the absolute floor. Um, and and someone tweeted me and said, "Why not a one?" I can't remember who it was. It might have been my guy Rory. Um, tweeted me and said, "Why why don't you think they can get a one seed?" Uh, and I just don't think the SOS is there. The strength of schedule is not strong enough. I mean, you got that win at Tennessee, and you thought that was going to be a a big time win. Uh, now that Monte Turner's done for the year, that win. Not going to be what it once was, and might not even be a great one at all. And Tennessee might not even make the tournament. Um, and you got some solid wins: Ole Miss, North Carolina State. You got an opportunity here um, against Georgia tomorrow. Uh, Georgia's 72nd at Ken Palm right now. Um, you got Wichita State coming up. Houston is a team who, who who's good in the computer metrics right now. Uh, so you got some opportunities here, but I, I just don't know. Even if you ran the table, uh, I just think. When you look at the resumes of some of these other teams, um, I think I think it might be hard to get on that one line. Uh, I think if everything breaks right, I think you're looking at and, and you run through this conference. Like I, I think this thing is possible. I mean, it's not impossible that this team doesn't lose another game this year. I, I know that's a lot of expectations to put on uh, a team with this many freshmen, and I wouldn't bet on that. But I, it wouldn't necessarily blow me away either. Um, I mean, we. Seen with these teams, these type of teams going back to the Calipari days and what they used to do with CUFA. With the talent on this team, this team is talented enough to do something crazy like that. I mean, it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it, and I wouldn't even say that it's going to happen. But it wouldn't shock me if they do that. I mean, could they be in a conversation for one? Uh, maybe. I still think two would be the ceiling. I think if things completely go off the rails, I think 
sixes at, at bottom. I, I can't see them going any lower than six. It would have to be an utter disaster for them to, to drop anything lower than that. I think, I think even five and six would be extremely disappointing, even without James Wiseman. I think realistically a three, four is, is, is what you should bank on. And I think anything, I think if they get a two, I think you should be dancing down on Bill Street. Um, but uh, look at the upcoming schedule this month. They got an opportunity to, to kind of put some wins together here. Um, they aren't playing anybody the rest of this month that's currently outside of 132 uh, at Ken I mean, you got 93 Georgia tomorrow at home for their 72nd at Ken Plum right now. Next Thursday, got a, a, a huge game um, at, at number 24, 12-1, Wichita State. Now, they got a big game at home against Ole Miss tomorrow. Ole Miss could give them some trouble. They kind of struggled with ECU. They, they pulled it out late there in the second half. <clears throat> Excuse me, but they struggled there on the home floor against ECU, so that should be a good game to watch once you leave FedEx Forum. I think that game tips off at 3 p.m., maybe on ESPNU to hold me to it. I think it's on one of the ESPN channels. Uh, but go on and watch the Wichita State Ole Miss game. Um, their one loss of the season was a 75-63 setback against West Virginia um, in Cancun early in the season. Uh, but they're going to take advantage going to be in Wichita next Thursday. That's a 6 p.m. tip on ESPN2, uh, Wichita State's 41st uh, at Ken Palm. Um, and then that following Sunday, the 12th, they're at South Florida, 3 p.m. ESPN2 there, 132nd at Ken Palm. That's the lowest uh, team they're going to play in the month of January uh, as far as the Ken Palm rankings are concerned. Uh, the the, the AAC is pretty solid uh, at Ken Palm. Uh, Thursday, the 16th, the Cincinnati Bearcats will be at FedEx Forum. That's a 6 p.m. tip on ESPN. They are 50th uh, at Ken Palm. Wednesday, the 22nd, they travel to Tulsa. That's an 8 p.m. tip on ESPNU. They are 118th at Ken Palm. Uh, Saturday, 25th, the 25th, they take on SMU at FedEx Forum, 3 p.m. That's the CBS Sports Network uh, game. Um, they're 84th at Ken Palm. And the last game of the month um, is Wednesday, the 29th. They'll travel to Orlando, take on the Central Florida Knights. Uh, they're 6, the 6 p.m. tip. Uh, they're 98th at Ken Palm. So, kind of look at this. Uh, you got an opportunity uh, as of right now. Now, these numbers change frequently as, as, as games and the days go on. But as of today, uh, you got an opportunity with a, for a top 50 win um, against Cincinnati. Uh, you got an opportunity for a, a top 75 win against Georgia tomorrow. Uh, you got a top opportunity for a top 85 win against SMU. Uh, you got an opportunity for, let's see, uh, Wichita State uh, is another opportunity for a top 50 win. So Wichita State and Cincinnati opportunity at, at top 50 win. Got an opportunity at top 120 win at, at, at Tulsa, uh, Central Florida 98, and of course at South Florida, they're 132nd right now. So, I mean, you had an opportunity to put some, some wins together, which would all be, as of right now, just put them all in one category, top 150 win. So that's, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You had an opportunity in the month of January to get seven top 150 wins. Uh, so that would go a long way in this resume. Uh, but, again, man, I'm going to get ready to get out of here. I know it's a Friday evening, uh, but if you join us late, uh, you can go over to iTunes, the TuneIn app, and Stitcher um, and find this podcast as well as all our older podcasts archived there. This podcast won't be there until about, uh, say, 30 minutes after the, the conclusion of the program. But go over there and check it out. I'll also put the, the direct link uh, right after I get off here where you can just go listen to it right now. Uh, but go follow us on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Tiger Sports Report. Just search Tiger Sports Report, hit the subscribe button, and you'll be good to go. But again, man, 
Special thanks to, to Anthony Dasher from UGASports.com for joining me here on TSR Live. Um, had fun, man, talking with you guys tonight. Um, we've been kind of slacking, I admit, on the basketball podcast this year. We've been doing a lot of stuff on the football side, but that's about to change. Uh, this is the beginning of many. I'll be coming back to you next week. I'm going to try to, try to uh, hit up my guy, Taylor Eldridge, uh, for the Wichita Eagle. I'll talk about that big game coming up next Thursday night against the Wichita State Shockers. So that's going to be a big one. So two big games coming up for the Tigers. Starting tomorrow with Georgia. Noon CBS over at Fed Forum. Man, get out to the forum again. National stage, be loud. Man, wear blue, bring your signs out. Man, it, it should be a good one. Um, and again, my name is Isaac Simpson. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. TigerSportsReport.com, your number one source for all your Memphis Tiger athletic news and information. Go over there, sign up, get on the message board. We'll be live tweeting throughout the game. And until tomorrow, man, that's, that's it for me, man. I'm gone. I'm about to see, I close my eyes, they can't see you in it all Most of them need dollar signs to make every day your birthday And every night your valentine But we tried that we could be